morning. And Merry Christmas. My name is Dave Gustafson. I have the great joy of serving as pastor of this fantastic church family. I want to thank Pastor Brady and his team for leading us in worship this morning. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. And um, just want to thank you for, for being part of this, this service today. Um, you know, normally in our Christmas Eve services, we do not receive an offering. We just kind of consider it our gift to the community. Uh, but this one falls on a Sunday, and uh, we're really dependent upon those weekly offerings to continue the work that God has called us to do. And so uh, if you are a guest, if this is not normally your church, please feel no obligation to give whatsoever. So uh, ushers, if you would come on forward to receive the offering, uh, let's just pause and devote this offering to the one for whom it's intended. Let's pray. Our Father, this morning we pause to reflect on the incredible gift that you've given us in sending Jesus to this earth. And Father, now we just want to respond to your generosity by giving back to you. For centuries, wise men and wise women have responded to your goodness by bringing offerings to you. And Lord, that's what we want to do this morning. Use everything that's given to spread the message of the gospel, to alleviate suffering in this world, Lord, to do the work that you started when you, Jesus, came to this world. Help us to be faithful, to do our parts. Father, we commit this to you. We devote it to you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We Americans have this habit of overloading and overscheduling December. And so uh, during Advent season this year, our goal at the chapel has been to to help people to sort of simplify Christmas. And the way that we've done that is by stripping it down to four words, hope, wait, believe, and behold. And so today being the fourth and final Sunday of Advent, we come to the last word, behold. When is the last time that you use the word behold in a sentence? Did anybody come out this morning as you were getting ready for church and say to your family, behold my Christmas sweater? Unlikely, right? It's just not that popular of a word anymore, but it's a really good word. Uh, it's a word that shows up a lot in the Bible, especially around the life of Jesus. So what does behold even mean? Well, it basically means look, as in check this out, pay attention. This is important. So normally we don't use the word behold, um, if the few times we do use it, for everyday things. You probably don't pop your head into your coworker's cubicle at lunchtime and say, behold, my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> right? Because we reserve that word for more important things, like the times that I'm standing up here in the front of this church with a groom and the back doors of the chapel swing open, and for the first time ever, the groom beholds his bride in her wedding dress. That's a moment to behold. Or somebody might say, you know, it seems like for years, Pastor Dave has had this, this crooked finger but he came in on Christmas Eve and it was straight because behold, I had surgery last week. So that's <laughs> finally. And normally the word behold is used for things that, are, that seem kind of unlikely or maybe impossible and yet they happen. Like my kids never get along, they're always fighting, but I came home from work on, on Friday and they were peacefully playing an Xbox game together. It was a sight to behold, behold right? Like, Ah, the angels were singing. <laughs> and so the word behold just means 
something is happening that's so important or that's so unusual that you should stop whatever you're doing and you should look at this thing. So here's what we want to say to you on this, this Christmas Eve Eve, that the God who created you is inviting you to behold. And so let's think a little bit about that invitation. Let's think about the challenge of doing that. And then let's think about the gifts of beholding. All right, the invitation, the challenge, and the gifts of beholding. So let's think about the invitation first. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So on that first Christmas night, the shepherds on that hillside were invited to behold, to pay close attention to what the angel was saying, and then actually to go and physically behold this newborn Jesus. I hadn't really thought about the word behold that much before we focused on it this year, but I started to realize that this was really just the first of many similar invitations to come. Seems like all through the life of Jesus, people were invited to come and behold him. Just a couple of other big examples. Um, When Jesus first went public with his ministry, he came to the Jordan River where John the Baptist was baptizing people. And when John saw Jesus approaching, he stopped everything and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, this is the one who's going to deal with sin. This is the one who's going to take away the shame and the guilt that have plagued humans from the beginning of time. That's kind of a big deal. That's something to behold. Three years later, Jesus went to the cross and paid for the sin of the world. Two days after that, on that Sunday morning, early in the morning, two women went to the tomb to see if they could pay respects to the body of Jesus. But instead of seeing his body, they were met by an angel who said to them, He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. In other words, this isn't just a spiritual resurrection. We're not just saying the ideals of Jesus live on. He's physically alive again. And you actually get to go and see him and touch him and behold him for yourselves. So all through the life of Jesus, at his birth, at his baptism, after his resurrection, and lots of times in between, people were invited to come and behold him, which must mean that there's something good, there's something beneficial, there's something that's, that's healthy for us to behold Jesus. The problem is most of us just aren't all that good at this whole beholding thing. And so let's talk for a minute about the challenge. Why is it so hard for us to stop and notice the things in life that really matter? The main reason is we are just so preoccupied and busy. Really interesting experiment was conducted a few years ago by the Washington Post. Uh, It involved the famous violin player Joshua Bell, who was in town in D.C. for a concert, and so he agreed to be part of this experiment. So it was a typical Friday afternoon in January. He went down into the Washington, D.C. metro station, the subway, wearing jeans and a long-sleeved T-shirt, Washington Nationals baseball cap. He stood near a trash can in the subway. He opened up his violin case, um, took out his violin. He threw a few dollars into the case to give people the idea. And for the next 45 minutes, he played. 
He played selections from Mozart and Schubert. I mean, can you imagine? It was like a free concert in the subway. It must have been mobbed. Hardly anyone noticed. They didn't notice that it was Joshua Bell. They didn't notice that the violin that he was playing was a rare Stradivarius worth over $3 million. Three days before, Joshua Bell had sold out the Boston Symphony Hall. Regular tickets cost about $100 each. But on this Friday afternoon in the Washington, D.C. subway, he played for 45 minutes, and into his violin case, they counted it. People put a total of 32 bucks. Exquisite beauty was right in front of them, and hardly anybody noticed. See, our problem is that we are so distracted and preoccupied. We've got our heads stuck in our jobs. We've got our face glued to our cell phones. And we so often miss the things in life that are truly important. You know, the reality is, when Jesus entered the world, that was pretty much how it went. I mean, we like to focus on the people who did notice, right? We talk about the shepherds and we talk about the wise men. But the vast majority of people, when Jesus showed up, they paid zero attention. And sometimes I look at my life and I wonder, how often do I miss things that are truly beautiful and truly important? Probably a lot. And Christmas is sort of this this wake-up call, this sort of reminder to start noticing. So this would be an interesting thing if you thought about, what if this year at Christmas I heard the invitation of the angels to behold and I took that personally? How How would that change you? I think you would experience some amazing gifts First, I think you would experience the gift of fearlessness. Look again at what the angel said in Luke 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Why do you think the angel told them, fear not? Maybe because it was kind of terrifying to see an angel light up the sky in the middle of the night. But I think even more than that, all through the life of Jesus, Jesus showed people that when he is in our lives, It pushes out fear. I find it so interesting that as our culture becomes more and more secularized, more and more people are struggling with anxiety and with fear. Um, This Christmas, would you come to him and behold him and receive the gift of fearlessness? Secondly, the gift of forgiveness. John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, when we sin, when we don't live as we should, it puts this barrier between us and God. And then when we sin against people or when people sin against us, it puts a barrier between people and us. So sin just messes everything up. And John the Baptist was saying, here he is. Here's the one who's going to do something about this problem. And sure enough, when Jesus went to the cross on that Good Friday and he died for sin so that we don't have to, so that we can be forgiven. Let me ask you, have you received his gift of forgiveness? Um, You don't work your way up to it. You don't get good points for coming to church on Christmas Eve. You don't somehow become worthy of it. You just have to humble yourself and receive it. And the beautiful thing is, when we've received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, we become forgiving people. We become kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge when he woke up on Christmas morning, so overwhelmed by the grace of God to him that all he wanted to do was go out and pay it forward in the lives of other people. When we are forgiven people, we become forgiving people. And so this Christmas, would you come and behold him and receive the gift of forgiveness? And then finally, the gift of hope. 
Think about that Good Friday as the women stood around the cross watching Jesus die. They were close to him. They had grown so fond of him. And as they watched him die, it must have just sucked all the hope out of them. Hope is such an important thing for us as humans. You know, I define hope really simply as the belief that the future holds good things. And I'm just going to guess that there are some people here today that you just feel like you desperately need hope um, because it's been a hard year. I know here at the chapel, um, there have been some tough losses this year. It's been a really difficult year. And maybe that's how you feel. It's been a hard year for you. Maybe you're finding it hard to believe that the future holds good things. That's how those women standing around the cross were feeling on Friday. But now here they were on Sunday with an angel inviting them to come and behold Jesus alive. And I imagine that the hope just started to flow back into them. Because if this were true, if this really happened, then there's no loss, there's no death that Jesus can't turn into a resurrection. It's a whole new way of looking at life. So last week, I I found myself standing in a cemetery, a very cold cemetery, with a family who was mourning the loss of somebody very special to them, a, a mom, a wife, a friend. And standing in that cemetery, I actually quoted one of my favorite, uh, one of my fa- actually my favorite Christmas carol, O Holy Night. Um, and I said the words, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Because nobody wants to stand in a cemetery at Christmas time, right? And yet it's because of Christmas, it's because he came that we can have hope, even at times like that. So I don't know what kind of a year you've had, but this Christmas, would you come and behold him and receive the gift of hope? Because he came, the future does hold good things. So last month, there was a video that was taken by a Canadian woman who was fostering two little kids. Uh, These kids were uh, from Eritrea, Africa, little brother and sister. They had spent the last five years at a refugee camp in Sudan, and now suddenly they found themselves in Canada. Can you imagine the culture shock of that? And in this video, and some of you have seen it, they are experiencing snow for the first time. If you're wondering what it looks like to behold something, watch this. Anybody act that way when it snows out? (laughs) We probably don't, right? Why not? Because we've seen snow before, right? I mean, we've, we've played in it, we've shoveled it, we've scraped it. And so when it snows, usually we don't even pay any attention to it. And I think the reason this video struck such a chord with so many people is because of the, the amazement and sheer delight of these kids who've had such a hard life just beholding the wonder of snow. Um, I dare you to act that way the next time it snows, maybe tomorrow. You know, in all seriousness, I do dare you to act that way this Christmas. Because you've seen Christmas before, right? I mean, you've had lots of, you've had lots of Christmases. Um, you, know what, you know the drill for Christmas. But this year, you're going to look at it like you're seeing it for the very first time. 
just the sheer awesomeness of God becoming human and entering our world. You're not going to miss it this year. And as you behold him, as you stop everything and just look, he's going to give you those precious gifts of fearlessness and forgiveness and hope. There's another Christmas carol that says, come and behold him, born the king of angels. May this Christmas for you be filled with childlike wonder as you come and behold him. Ushers, I invite you to come forward with your candles and invite you to get your candles ready. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the room. And then he said, therefore, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Um, You know, I don't need to tell anyone that there's a lot of darkness in this world, right? It's just all around us. And yet when we carry the light of Christ, it's more powerful than the darkness. It overcomes the darkness. So tonight, let's take this light and let's spread it all around this room. What an amazing sight in this room. This is something to behold. Would you raise your candles up high? If you're standing in the front, please take a minute, just turn around and just look at this room. Whatever else happens this Christmas, don't forget this. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so as we leave here today, let's take the light of Christ and carry it into our homes, into our jobs, into our schools, wherever we go. We want to thank you for the privilege of spending Christmas Eve with you. And at this time, you may carefully extinguish your candle. God bless you and Merry Christmas.